0: Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsport show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, RaceChaser Media's Tom Baker.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another Inside Groove as we kick off. I think this is episode 45 now, and uh, looking forward to doing this show. My name is Tom Baker. For those of you who don't know, and uh, this show, of course, sponsored by uh jeff west and his group at indie performance composites ig indie if you're social media ing uh, please check out their facebook twitter and instagram uh dave bureau the third is doing a tremendous job helping to uh really put the shine on uh what jeff's doing out there and uh uh, they're starting to get some other publicity as well that uh, we'll be able to tell you about in the weeks to come. But uh, really happy for everyone at uh, IPC Indy for what's going on right now and how they are growing and growing and growing. Also, the show um, wouldn't be possible without uh, the fine folks from Skip's Fish Fry, Sean and his staff, and also uh, um, the uh, folks at j Paving, Rich Worth, and his group uh, appreciate all of their support of what we do here on the groove every week what do we have on this show well here's what i can tell you we're gonna hear from camden proud uh from the oswego speedway in a little bit he's gonna talk about milk uh <laughs> and i know that uh, by the time you all hear this the exact topic about milk will have already happened it's an event that's going on a milk giveaway at the speedway uh today as we're recording this on friday Uh, you'll hear it friday night or over the weekend or whatever but um, really cool deal that uh, is is happening there and we'll let cam share the details of that also he'll update us on when we might expect to see um, some sort of on track action at the speedway and uh, we'll also just kind of fill uh, fill you in or have him fill you in on uh, what's going on if there's any registrations we missed or whatever um, we'll let him tell you that as well. And also our featured guest for the day, I am so looking forward to this interview, Vern LaFave. Gonna be on the show uh this week. And I, I can't wait for you all to hear from Vern. We all know what happened last year, and uh, boy, um to to see the brand new race car to him and, and, and the beautiful paint, uh or the beautiful colors on it and to see him uh, testing the car and and knowing that he's planning on basically running whatever constitutes a full season at uh, the Oswego Speedway this year, it's just thank God, thank the Lord above, and so so happy uh, to to see Vern back in action. So we're going to talk to him as well on the program. So we look forward to all of it, and I'm excited just because it feels like even though this is sort of a you know it's um it's kind of a a downer memorial weekend for race fans because so many tracks still aren't open and of course on the on the major scale of things you know memorial day sunday obviously is for those who enjoy uh just the buffet of major motorsports events that you get on that day we've lost two of them uh the f1 grand prix at monaco which is normally breakfast right for for most of us um well that's that's not going to be rescheduled this year so uh it'll be back in 21 um but never again well let me rephrase that but not in the traditional form and i'll explain that in a minute just for those of you who are interested. Um, The Indy 500 has been obviously postponed and will be run in August this year and looking more and more like with fans, which is great news. And uh, so, of course, that only leaves us with the dinner portion of our um, triple header that we usually have on Memorial Day Sunday, and that's the Coke 600 at Charlotte. Um, And that should be really interesting as well. No practice at Charlotte for the Cup guys. They will qualify and race but no practice so uh should be interesting i like uh the results of what's happened uh i think nascar i think we we've seen that they don't need all this practice time that they get every week at the tracks um you know it's a, it's a long race so you can figure it out and i think it makes the early part of the race more interesting but now the the grand prix of monaco uh, the, the tragedy of what's happened here is at least it In the near future, it does not appear we're going to see that triple header again, because when the Grand Prix of Monaco comes back next year, it's going to be run a week earlier. So it will not be uh, on the same Sunday as Indy and Charlotte. So that's kind of a bummer, uh, in my mind anyway. But uh, for whatever reason, that's what they decided to do. I'm hoping, trying to read between the lines here, that maybe some of the powers that be have gotten together and said, well if we separate the two that gives us more flexibility on the day, uh, of both events in terms of TV and whatever, but also maybe there could be some sort of cross pollination or cross promotion. Maybe we'll see an F one and driver or two come over and, and attempt the Indy 500. I know some of the younger F one guys especially would love to come and run Indy. Um, and now that you got Roger Penske involved here, that's going to be an interesting deal. So, uh we won't get too far off on that path. It's a super modified show after all, but uh, a lot of us are big fans of the open wheel stuff um across the board. So I thought that was worth throwing out there. It'll be interesting to see how that uh how that works out in twenty twenty one. Um okay, so we've got Camden Proud coming up. We've also got um uh Vern coming up, and then after the Vern LaFave interview, and I, I, I'm going to allude to this, I guess I, I want to do this now, I suppose, probably the best time, uh, we'll, we'll kind of take ourselves to break with some good news out of the Midwest. A couple things. I had a chance to speak with Lori May this morning. Um, thank you to Jeff West for that hookup. Lori and I spoke this morning um, about the upcoming show at Lucas Oil Raceway. Formerly known as Indianapolis Raceway Park, um, IRP. And that show is a go. As of right now, all systems are go. A limited number of tickets are being sold. So if you're planning to go to this as a fan and sit in the grandstand, get online, get your tickets, like quickly, because this show is going to sell out that's a limited capacity. But there's going to be a certain number. I think it's 5,000 is all they're going to allow, if I'm not mistaken. Don't hold me to that. But there's going to be a limited number of tickets. Get them now if you're going to make the trip. Now, as of the moment, it looks like we're going to have over 30 Mussey Racing Sprint cars there. Uh, Close to or over 30. It appears as though we're in the mid-20s. Um Low mid twenties, I think uh, Laurie said for the Midwest compacts, um, which is that's going to be a fascinating race to watch. Um, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, I'm betting, will probably bring bring twenty to that show. And the hopeful news is we get twenty super modifieds. Isma is not running. Now here's the deal with this show. I mean. You know, everybody's been saying if you're going to have a show somewhere like Indiana, you got to pay bigger money to get people to go. Well, I'm not a big believer in 10000 15000 20000 to win because only one guy gets that. Um, I love the way this is formatted for this show. It's 3500 to win, but it's $1,000 to start. That makes a big, big difference in teams saying, okay, you know we're we're going to at least be able to hopefully pay for all or most of our trip with that, and of course um, you know if we're lucky enough to finish up front, we get more. But um, that's pretty significant. So a thousand dollars to start, thirty five hundred to win, um, and the, again, Lori is hopeful for twenty super modifieds at uh, or more at that show. Right now, a Swigo is scheduled still uh, on that weekend. Um again we'll talk to Cam about that. Uh right now New York is still at the mercy of the municipalities and the governments and and such uh and so I don't know that one feels like it's um touch and go to say the least but um either way should be a great show out in Indiana and that's great news. She also told me again this is you know a a good news scenario, the folks who bought Lorraine County, Lori and Dave have already spoken to them. They are committed to making that facility into a top-notch facility, one of the premier facilities in the Midwest, and they are all about some supermodified racing. So that is great news because, as we all know, the Sandusky Speedway is up for sale, and right now we're not sure of the future of any kind of racing at Sandusky it depends who buys it and where it you know what ends up happening so um you know that's again kind of a good news bad news but at least if we are to lose Sandusky and all of its tradition which would be just gut wrenching for me um and i'm sure a lot of other people as well who grew up going to Sandusky and even racing there uh that's i just can't even fathom that and and i hope that somebody comes out of the woodwork to buy it and um improve it and keep it as a racetrack because i think if you could have sandusky and lorraine working together with midvale and of course uh the indie shows that are really kind of long-term shows um and you'll laurie and dave will get into more detail about that but uh, looks like supers at irp is uh is going to be a long-term situation which is great Um, You've got a nice group of, you know, you'd have a nice group of tracks there in the Midwest to work with that uh, could help to build that particular area once again. And oh boy, is that ever needed? If we're going to keep super modified racing going and keep it growing, the Midwest has got to be a part of that. And so um, Laurie and Dave and all of the, the owners and teams out there are really working hard together to try and, and make that happen. So uh, some good news out of the Midwest. And we'll, uh, we'll look forward to talking in detail for next week's Inside Groove with Lori and Dave about all of that. So that should be a lot of fun. We're going to step aside right now when we come back. Camden Proud will join us. And then we'll talk with Vern LeFave before we're done as well. Stay tuned. Inside Groove continues right after this. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financially it is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we continue for another week. And we have found Camden proud. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to Cam here on the strummasters.com hotline. Camden, of course the uh pr director and 2019 super modified rookie of the year at the fast five eighths of a mile and um camden is actually dealing with one of my favorite subjects in all the world today milk um talk a little bit about uh what milk and the oswego speedway have in common today camden
2: yeah um, (laughs) just a really nice thing that we're doing to give back to the community and also kind of help out some of the local farmers. But um, all credit goes to Vicki Gozik and Phyllis Bellinger for thinking up this idea, and they contacted us with it and wanted us to help promote, which, of course, we were more than happy to do so. And uh, starting today, Friday the 22nd at noon, we're going to have six drivers, Joe Gozik, Brandon Bellinger, Tim Snyder, Danny Connors, Anthony Lacerdo, and Dave Cliff, and they'll be all lined up on the front straightaway in their race suits and gloves, full uniform, and they will be handing out milk that teams have purchased from Upstate Niagara Cooperative out in Rochester, and it's first come, first serve. Everybody can line up in the parking lot, and anybody who comes in gets to take a three-quarters lap around the speedway and get some free milk.
1: Well that's pretty cool. Now uh yeah. the, the milk is coming from where exactly? How many different sources or farms or do we have any information on on where that uh, how that all works out?
2: Right. It was it was all bought from upstate Niagara Cooperatives in Rochester. Okay. So it's all locally farmer owned and they bought over five hundred gallons of milk for everybody to come and collect. So it's wow. a really nice way to say, Hey, you know, we care. That's wiggle speedway, the drivers we're giving back to our community that's
1: awesome so it really uh probably is a combination of of uh dairy farmers that contributed to this which is awesome and we're seeing more and more of this around the country now uh and and i think it's a great way to uh help those in need and at the same time um have an excuse to put drivers on the track in their uniforms that's that's the coolest (laughs) part that i think that is that is wicked cool um okay so uh we've got that going on at oswego speedway which by the time most of you the show uh that will be over uh but um also some other things going on with regard to the speedway we know that uh, the first couple shows in june were uh taken off the schedule um where do we stand right now in terms of scheduling and what what do we know at this point and what do we think at this point
2: uh well right now it's it just kind of sucks. There's no other way to put it. It's beautiful weather here. It's 70 degrees and sunny. Of course it is. We're <laughs> supposed to be having Fast Friday today, opening up tomorrow, and we've lost our first four shows the season. So it's it's devastating to, to lose the shows. It really is. To even lose one show due to rain, let alone four, yeah. because of what's going on. It just it just sucks. But I I do think that we will see racing here with fans this year. Um, John and Eric are really counting on opening up when we reach phase four in New York state, which is arts and entertainment. And I, I do think we are going to get there when it will be. That's the big question mark. Our our guess would be July 4th. I I would say if we have a target date to open, that would be it. At the same time, we haven't canceled June 20th yet. They're meeting with local officials and they're going to talk about what's it going to look like? What's our reopening plan? How are we going to handle all this? And I know that they're, of course, going to be strictly enforcing all the social distancing and, and public health guidelines when we do open up.
1: So do, can I do I read correctly what you've said then that um, a Oswego will not open until they can have fans in the uh,
2: in the grandstand in some form or fashion? As of right now, yes, I don't think they want to race without it, without the fans, and there's a number of reasons sense. for that. But I do think, on the other hand, if it was late in the year and it had kind of become catastrophic at that point, whereas we couldn't race at all if we didn't do it behind closed doors, I think they would work on a TV contract, some pay-per-view, something like that, just to give the teams the chance to, come out and race i mean they're a hundred thousand dollar race car sitting in the garage that people have dumped money into over there's new cars being built and you don't want to have to go the whole year with the track just sitting dormant i mean that would be worst case scenario and i think either way they won't let it get to that point
1: well i mean it certainly is a frustrating exercise no matter how you look at it because from a business standpoint there's no way that you can break even. There, there is just is no way that you break even without fans in your grandstand, uh, let alone make any money. Um, and I mean, the loss is almost, you know, when you run start running numbers, unless you're going to really accept a drastic purse decrease, which then doesn't help the competitors at all because their costs to race are the same. Um, you know, right. you just it it just doesn't become. Uh, wise from a business standpoint to try to depend on a pay-per-view in order to, um, you know, to cover your costs. And, you know, you look at an event like the classic, I mean, realistically, there's just no way, I mean, it, it, right. that, that you're going to, so, um, you know, what, you, what you're what you hoping obviously is that uh, phase four comes quick enough to be able to open the track, put fans in the grandstand and have hopefully a, a minimal Uh, it becomes quality over quantity at that point you're not going to have a full season of racing probably but um you certainly want to make sure that the shows that you run are of quality and and are such that uh we can salvage some sort of a, a a good half a year or a big finish to the year and then uh hopefully everything is um normal again in 21 at this point i think that's kind of where everybody's at and it's uh it's got to be it's got to be hard i mean it to be a, a track promoter in any situation but you know john and eric with with the kind of um you know, kind of situation they have with a with a big purse and um, with big shows at the end of the year that you depend on, obviously, both front and back gate to, to help, sure. you know, yep. so um, hopefully sooner rather than later. And that's really the best we can say. But so far, um, June 20th is still on the schedule. Obviously, if we have to take that off, then yeah, you're looking at the 4th of July, right? Because the end of June is graduation weekend.
2: Yeah, I think the plan is to still leave the end of June open, and I know that that's going to disappoint a lot of people, and that's the same case for the last week in July, and that's because of the competition clause with ISMA. They're running at Monadnock that day, then July they're running Sandusky. So even though there's no graduation, maybe no Harborfest, we are still not going to race that day. I don't know what will happen with July 11th. That's an SBS and 350 show only as of now, but maybe if – jocasa gets canceled then we'll have the super modified i don't want jocasa to get canceled but if it does i think that would be a very a very welcome addition for the fans i Whoa. i know there's a lot of them kind of begging that we add a few more shows and i think they're going to do everything they can
1: it's just a tough situation because, again, a short track, people look at NASCAR. Well, NASCAR's, you know, racing. Well, NASCAR's got a billion-dollar TV contract that, you right. know, short tracks don't have. And so, you know, it's a lot easier for NASCAR to find money to cover costs, whereas it's, um, you know, it's very difficult for the short tracks, and you don't want to wish uh, another track it will at this point. Um no. Jakasa, Obviously, being in Canada, um, a couple things there. Canada, I think, is shut down into July if my memory serves me correctly.
2: Believe so. Yeah, I don't know if Jacasa will happen. With As I'm the, saying, the that's, it's going to be there. cutting it close, yeah,
1: it, to say the least. But the other complication there in relation to Oswego and Canada is the borders closed for another 30 days at least. So, um, right. you know, that's another consideration. And that's really where we're at short track racing in general, is you're at the, the the mercy of municipalities and decisions that are made that you really have no control over. So you just have to, kind of do the best you can to work within the guidelines whatever those are and 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 try to make it work and it's awfully tough right now for short tracks all over the country um one thing we do know uh as if you listen to the open of the show um that uh Lori May told me this morning uh, that uh all all systems are go for the Uh, The big day of racing at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway, formerly known as Indianapolis Raceway Park in Indy on um, June 20th for the MSS show uh, that is combined with the Super Cup Stock Car Series, the Midwest Compacts, and the must-see racing sprint cars. And uh, everything looks good for that. And they're... They're hoping, and we're going to talk to um, lori and Dave May uh, from MSS on next week's show. They're hoping for 20 cars. Um, Excellent. So Isma's not running that day, of course. If, if, and again, you don't want to wish for this, but if Oswego can't run on June the 20th, then you would hope that maybe we would get some of the Oswego cars. To make the trip out, this race is going to be $1,000 to start and 3500 to win.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a big deal. That's a big deal.
1: It's a significant deal, and it looks like there's going to be a pay-per-view. I don't want to get into the details of that um, because i don't have them all but it looks like uh, we've got a significant media doing a pay-per-view there so uh, live streaming will be available for that and that's going to be a great show and you know whether that becomes the first super modified race in the country or rather you know that and oswego on the same day it looks like right now nothing before that later june weekend um and we're hoping that that can happen at oswego but it looks better indiana's in a little better situation all the way around um right now than new york is so eh, i mean it's just uh all you can do is what you can do um you know it's uh it's a tough situation but i know that um you know folks are starting to talk more about going racing and you know, you want to keep the registrations coming because you obviously want to be prepared for when the season starts. So I know that's one of the things that you wanted to, to get across is everybody needs to, if you haven't registered yet, get it in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we sent out a mass email this week to all the teams. So there, there are no more registrations at this point. I'm kind of, I'm out of things to post. I'm out of things to talk about. So when we have more teams register, we're going to, put that information online on the website on social media immediately and i would imagine that we're going to start to see a very big increase in those numbers really soon uh
1: i know that uh you you put some pictures up of Vern lafave's car and of course Vern is going to be our guest here in in just a few moments uh featured guest this week on the groove um you had a chance i think to to Chat with Vern a little bit. Um he's 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 tested already. Uh I think that's one of the coolest stories, and that car is drop dead
2: gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Another great job by Vern, by the Muldoon clan. I mean, they <laughs> the the cars that they're rolling out of that shop are just immaculate. So yeah. I'm really excited for, for Vern. You couldn't ask for better equipment. Um, just from top to bottom, he, he can go out and, and win with that race car. And obviously after what happened, it was a big question mark, if we'd ever see him in anything again. Oh, yeah. And then lo and behold, a couple months later, he's out racing a modified and his fourth fastest in practice at yeah. Evans Mills out of 30 cars. So it, uh just, just unbelievable to see him at a Swiggo, um, will be a really, truly special moment for us, the staff here at the track, for the fans that are going to be here this year that were also there on that terrible night. Um, God, I just, I, I hope he makes it to Victory Lane this year. I think that would just be one of the the coolest stories I've ever had the pleasure of writing.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we, it would be a blessing indeed. I mean, we saw Chase Briscoe, uh, yesterday in the Xfinity race after he and his wife went through a tragedy earlier in the week with, uh, his wife having the miscarriage. We saw Chase, uh, you know, come back and pass Kyle Bush on the last lap and banging doors and ended up winning that race and the emotion of that. And, uh, I think, you know, Verla Fave winning a 350 race anywhere, uh, but especially at Oswego, uh, would be, you know, a very similar uh, heartfelt uh, reaction, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we, all, uh, we all wish him, mean, and you mentioned Evans Mills, uh, seeing some pictures of that and the work that's going on up there. Um, pretty amazing what uh, what's going on in the North Country right now with a couple of the racetracks there uh, trying to get ready for this season and making improvements and just uh, upgrading the facilities. That's uh, it's pretty awesome.
2: It is. Um, I'm, man, I'm really impressed about what the Gill family has done up there. I can't say enough about the work they're doing. And unfortunate to lose that spring SBS show up there, but hopefully we can get up there later in the season. And I think that's just where everybody's at right now is playing the waiting game and, and also maybe the silver lining is it gives track some more time to do some maintenance, some improvements, a little more attention to detail uh, on some things you normally wouldn't get to. And Evans Mills is just they're going to town. I mean, they've they've replaced the the entire VIP rooms, essentially the whole tower. They've ripped up all the grass in the infield. They're going to redo all that. They've got a new lap board up, a new sign on the backstretch wall. It's the concessions are great. I mean, awesome, awesome improvements and it's nice to see that place kind of return to prominence. It's it's a very very cool place to watch racing a lot of fun and it certainly has the capabilities to be one of the top asphalt short tracks around
1: oh for sure yeah like i said it's uh it's great to see the revival of the north country in that sense and uh you know a lot of good things ahead. we just kind of got to get things back to normal operation here and then uh i think uh things will business will pick up in a hurry but uh camden i know you are on a short leash here with uh having to get to the milk giveaway yeah. um so any is there anything else that we've missed here that we need to cover before we let you uh get off and get down to the racetrack?
2: I don't think so at this point, just that we're we're hoping to, to race as soon as possible. So hang in there. I think when we do open up, we're kind of going to start slow. We're not going to have a 100-lapper on July 4th. Um, oh, why not? <laughs> you no. <know, you>
1: know. <laughs> no practice, no qualifying. Push them off the race. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it seemed to work well for NASCAR. It sure but, did, uh, yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> Um, I don't think that's the plan. We're going to kind of work our way up to some of the bigger shows like the Grand Prix and Mr. Super Modified. And, you know, we want to, there, there's a lot of events that you just don't want to lose like the Jim right, Champagne Memorial. Sure. And, yeah. you know, w- we hope to throw those in, but um, Johnny kind of hinted in the last press release that we aren't going to open up and say, okay, a hundred laps. It's going to be kind of a <laughs> work in progress to to kind of build up to those bigger events. But as soon as possible, The minute we get the go-ahead, we're going to open and start testing, and I hope it's in the next month or so. Well,
1: good. Well, uh, you'll keep us informed, and uh, always fun to uh, talk with you, and I'll let you get to the milk giveaway. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we will hear from Vern Lefebvre. Looking forward to this interview. Stay with us as Inside Groove continues for another week. We'll be right back
3: Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at strutmasters.com.
1: Welcome back to Inside Groove as we continue for another week. Our feature interview today is none other than Vern LeFave. And I am really, really excited to talk to Vern. Uh, we all know the history that Vern has had with motorsports and with the Oswego Speedway. And of course, we all know what happened last year. We're going to uh, look ahead instead of looking back. And first of all, I will start this Vern by saying that, uh, I know I speak for everybody who can hear this show that we are so excited to have you back in competition in 2020.
3: Well, you know, I'm happy to be back. (laughs) It was a little bit nip and tuck, you know, right after the wreck, we didn't know, you know, I didn't realize how bad it, that, that it was until, you know, two or three days later. And, uh, you know it was going to be nip and tuck and it was it was a while before we knew you know before I knew I should say whether I was even going to be able to recover from this fully or not but uh yeah we're really excited about coming back and and we've worked we've been working since last July on it and uh we've you know we've been working hard all winter and and building a new car and and um we're ready to go we're we're all set okay uh definitely great news that you're coming
1: back and and i i'm really excited to uh to see that happen and i know all of us are uh i'm curious about the decision making process i know that you were back at a modified fairly quickly after your accident um you know, talk a little bit about the process of getting back into the supers and, and, uh, choosing to work with the Muldoons and, and all of that, to kind of walk us through the, uh, the timeline there.
3: Well, you know, last year I, I purchased a, a former Muldoon car, so I had a pretty good relationship going with Mike and we worked really good together and, uh, he helped me out a lot, and. Uh, you know, we, got, we had the other car going good. Um, it's sad because we, we, we worked most of the winter on that. And I bought that out of New Hampshire and brought it home. And when I heard they were going to do the 350 class, I said, you know, I was thinking about going back to the Swiggo, but I really couldn't afford the Super. Yeah. And I didn't really want to go back to the SBSs. I ha- actually had an, I still had an SBS car, but it was going to cost. But, you know, once you drive a Super Modified, everything yeah. else is kind of disappointing and uh and I told myself I, I had previously you know operated Emmas Mill Speedway for three years, and that was that was that's a whole new year. I got a whole new respect for promoters after doing that deal and uh I said, the money I spent on that, I can go back to Oswego and have fun and When I heard they were doing the three fifty wing deal, I went down to the meeting, looked at it, and I said, If I can find the car I want." I'm coming back and I looked and I found, you know, and the, and the big reason of the old car was I called Mike on the phone when I was thought about buying it. And I said, if I get this, you know, will you help me with it? You know, if I get in a wreck, can you repair it? He said, absolutely. So we started talking and I bought the car. We brought that back and that we were, we were still working on that car when I, when I crashed that it was getting better every week and, and, um, and, uh, real, I knew we were going to get a win. I just, I just knew we were going to get a win. The car was, was getting faster and I was getting, I hadn't been in a super in 10 years and it takes a little bit of, you know, I, all I'd always run with legends and modifieds and there is a huge difference. And, oh yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, I had already bought in the modified, so we'd had that and, um, and we had raced it once before the wreck. Well, then I, obviously after the, after the accident, I was out for the rest of the year, but we still had the car and, and, um, you know, the, the biggest thing was, uh, you know, whether I'd be able to come back. I mean, we didn't know. I, I mean, every, the week I was in the hospital, I was just, I was, sat there and thought and I said, you know, am I going to be able to come back? You yeah. Know, am, am I going to recover from this? Cause this, you know, this, it was pretty good, pretty good wreck. And I mean, I had confidence. I was determined. And I was looking at cars while I was in a hospital. Oh wow! And, um, yeah, we were. I was, you know, sitting. At, didn't have anything else to do, so I got on Facebook just for fun. <laughs> I said I'm gonna stir the pot, and I threw a post out there on Super Mods looking for a 350 wing car. Holy cow! The the, <laughs> the response I got was amazing. And um, and I was just playing. And and Mike had called me and you know see how I was doing. And, and and that even at that early, he goes, What are you gonna do? I said, Right now, I don't know. I got you know I got too much stuff going on right now for the recovery. And I didn't know how, I really didn't think it was that big of a deal and how the recovery was going to be. And I anticipated, I anticipated him being back at a Swiegel at classic. Oh, wow. And I was wrong. And, uh, and, uh, the modified, we had got it. I had built it. It was a new car and, and we never had a chance to run it. And I put a friend of mine in it for a couple of weeks and he's trying to shake it down. And it was the last week of the year. And, um, And I felt personally that uh, I needed to get back in just to see if I was going to be able to do it or not. I mean, I I wasn't ready, but, you know, it's a short track, and I was still, I was well enough to get back in, and I just wanted to to feel the car and see what, you know, what I felt like after going through that. And uh, went out, we ran a few laps. Fortunately, we blew a rear end because the night turned into a crash fest, and uh but uh, I got out, got some laps on it and and I felt good. you know I knew i wasn't wasn't ready to go back to Oswego, but just to get back in the car mentally after something like that, you don't know until you do it so, right um got back in it felt I felt confident. I said, well you know if i I knew I had a lot more recovering to do, but before I started to spend the time and the money to build a new car, and like I said. Mike and I had talked numerous times about what to do, and, and he said we can fix the old car. And I said, no, I'm not really, not really interested in doing that. I says uh, I just didn't put that thing to sleep, and it did what it was supposed to do. And uh, you know, it you know it was it it bent where it was supposed to bent, but the cage held up around the cockpit. So I uh, I uh, decided, you know, we're going to build a new car plans were to build a new car well then after star classic he called me on a monday and he said this is a deal he says we want to take the big block car and we'll put a straight axle back in it and we want to build two new big blocks for ourselves he goes i want you to have this car he says you got first dibs on it he goes i got guys that want it but you let me know what you want to do so thought about it for a week and went down on a saturday and we talked made the deal and three days later he had it stripped and we're right back down to the frame and completely rebuild it right from one end to the other. And we've worked all winter on it. I mean, literally, we've worked all winter so. to get ready. And you know, and I worked on myself and, and uh, got everything, you know, got as well as I was hoping to get. And it's progressed well and, and everything's went good. My healings, you know, my arms, my burns are healed up good. My eyes are back to 95%. Uh, they're great the the you know, the only things are is, is reading and stuff like that, but that's because of old age. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've but, got trifocals, you know, so I'm it, right uh, there with you. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I'm pretty, we, we've done a lot of, we worked hard on this car, and it, it, everything on it is done, done and done right, and uh, we actually had a chance to test it last week at Adirondack, and, um, we had new car blues, which we anticipated, and um, uh, but it felt good, and we got the bugs worked out of it, and made a couple quick changes for the end of the day, and the car responded good, and and I felt good, and I, you know, it, it felt good to be back in, and you, you just, you know, you're going into that first corner, the first time, and and uh, you wonder you know, if you're going to be able to do it or not, but um, it felt pretty good, it felt good to be back in, and and we're ready to go well that's great so the car that you
1: have is actually one of mike's cars from last year it's it's
3: mike's big block car from last year yep. okay yep. Wow. and uh and it had an independent in it but that car was originally built with a straight axle and um and uh he says i when he called me he says i'll we'll put the straight axle back in it and put the motor in so we took took the car apart and he fitted the motor and put the straight axle back in and had it rolling, and then we went down and got it and brought it home and finished it off. And you know, I don't know how many trips back and forth to Baldwinville we made. And we we put a really nice wing on top, a newer wing, and and um, you know, tried to do our homework. And we'll see. It's a totally different car than what I'm used to. It's a total different suspension than. The- the old car was. So it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve.
1: Well, you've definitely got uh, some great support from the Muldoons for sure. And uh, both Mike's obviously very, very uh, astute at uh, building and making cars go fast and then going out and winning with them on the racetrack. So you couldn't be, you couldn't be in a better situation. It seems like for uh, the comeback, if you were going to make one.
3: Yeah, they're, they're both very talented people and their workmanship is, is is superb and their knowledge is superb. I've learned more in the last two years racing with these two guys and um Mike's all about it. I mean we've 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 been you know working all winter on it and and we're in contact with uh, one another constantly and we're hoping we're gonna wait and see what happens in New Hampshire this weekend. Um Riverside's opening up and if they get it off and can get open and they let them open up, we'll probably be heading to New Hampshire here in the next couple of weeks to, to shake the car down. Oh, wow. We, we roll into Oswego. We want to be ready to go.
1: That's great. Yeah, that would be awesome to see for sure. I want to, while I have you uh, with us here, I want to touch a little bit on the the time that you spent um, promoting at Evans Mills, and, and I, I'm curious what, what got you into that side of it in the first place? What uh, kind of led you to do that? And uh, talk a little bit about the experience of being on the other side of the coin, so to speak.
3: Well, I've been going to Evans Mills since the mid-70s. Uh, I grew up there. I mean, I, went, I was how I got wrapped up into this stuff is my uncle had a wrecker. Sure. And when I, I mean, I was 14, 13, 14 years old, and I'd go with him on the wrecker, and, and we'd pick, you know, every Sunday night at Evans Mills, and, we Pick cars up, you uh, know my thrill was when we got to pick a car up, I get to steer it back into the pits and you know and at, at fourteen fifteen years old, you know that was a thrill that's a big and, deal, uh, yeah for sure uh, I've always had a you know it's always it's always been my home track, and I love that place, and I've raced to both there numerous times when it switched back and forth from dirt to asphalt, you know I've had winds on over there on dirt and asphalt, and I love the place and it was foreclosed on, and, and uh, Jason Christman and I got together and 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 uh, wanted to save it from going, to, you know, in the dust bowl like every yeah. other racetrack has, and um, and uh, so we started it. And I thought I had, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years, and and I knew how I wanted to do things, and and I thought I had a grip on it, and uh, I was totally wrong. <laughs> 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 I have the the most respect for any promoter anymore you know we used to and i was just as bad as everybody i mean i used to give doug caruso a a hard time and doug and i are good friends and and uh and uh we but i have a whole new respect You, you can't make anybody happy and uh it's a whole new experience i i think before anybody races, they should have to serve an apprenticeship for two years operating a racetrack. And, oh. uh, it's <laughs> I there's, love that there's idea. so much behind the scenes stuff that I didn't even realize. And, and, I mean, I've run n- numerous, I ran Nora when I was at us with the limited supers back in the day. I ran that organization. We were very successful. Uh, Jay Andrews and Chipwood and, yep. and, uh, myself. And, um, Oh. We had a we had a traveling tour and so I mean I was I had some experience with, you know, running a an organization and stuff and uh but that that racetrack was a whole new it it's a tremendous amount of work and, and Lee Gill has done a just a fantastic job over there. Yeah, that's what I'm um, hearing and seeing. I, yeah. Oh he's it's it's beautiful. He's done a beautiful job and he's he's he they're over there working every day and um uh He's just doing a great job. He's spending a lot of money. I hopefully he can he can get himself, you know, get back, get going this year and start recouping some of his money. But have the utmost respect for any promoter because it is it's a lot of work, a lot of countless behind the scene hours. And and um, we did it for two and a half years and finally two years ago. Like I said, I said if I'm you know, I'm going to spend this kind of money. I'm going to go back to Oswego. Uh, I love Oswego Speedway. I went there 20 years ago. I a lot of people, now some people know it, but I spent 18 years on the dirt circuit and uh, ran big blocks, small blocks. And yep. I, in, in 97, I was ready to do something different. I was burnt out. My guys were, we weren't having fun, and I told the guys we're spending too much money not to have fun. So I looked for some place to go, and, and uh the limited supers we you know I never we ran asphalt it and this is this is this is how old I am <laughs> um, Walt Van Tassel had an invitational on the asphalt with the dirt car yep. We went over there and a bunch of us showed up and Buzzy Ruderman beat me in this exhibition race and uh, <laughs> so I had a chance to race against Buzzy Ruderman and uh, um I fell in love with the asphalt and uh, we decided to go to a bought a bought a limited and it was a uh, former auto Sutterly car yeah. bought from a guy down in Brewerton. And we started at Oswego and it never looked back. And we just, we were pretty, pretty good in the limiteds and everybody wanted me to go super mod racing. So we went super mod racing and had a great time, you know, uh, it's like I said. Once you drive a super mod, it's it pretty much everything else is a, dis- is a disappointment.
1: Yeah, I understand totally. I can agree with all of that. And and I, I loved. To, I spent a year at Evans Mills in '98, uh, announcing up there and working for for Walt and his wife, um, and just had a great time. It, it, it you know nice people up there, and really excited to to see the the improvements and the new enthusiasm that the Gill family is um, putting into that. Uh, And and obviously, from your standpoint, as you say, once you drive a Super, you don't want to go back. Um, You know, you you obviously have a a high opinion of the 350s, uh, you know, and and I'm curious kind of when you look at that division and and where it's at, uh, what are your thoughts and and what would you have to offer to – uh, as far as ideas or whatever to help the class uh, grow a little more?
3: You a th- the 350 class? you're yeah. talking? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know, I, and I've, I've talked to Therese's and stuff about it. Um, like, I, I mean, I built the legend class up at Evans Mills. We started with six cars. Yeah and it just takes time but the biggest thing with the with everybody is the the drivers have to have confidence that this track this class is going to stay and i don't think the guys are going to have a problem with um with doing it but when you're when you're stepping out and and, uh, when you're spending that kind of money um nothing's a guarantee but when you're stepping out spending that kind of money they can't want some sort of a guarantee And the first year. I knew they weren't going to do much last year because right. nobody, everybody's worried that you know they were just going to run it for one year, and then well, like they you know a few years ago they tried it and that didn't go. And I think they were worried about the same thing. But um, there's a lot of cars being built, and um, I'm hoping that everybody goes through. And, and this this whole COVID thing has really put a, a dampener on everything. Oh, it and, sure uh, has, for sure. It's sad, and and I know. I know there's at least three or four car, new cars being built in the Swiegel right now, and I talked to a couple of them at, last night, and I just hope that everybody follows through because I think this class, the New England and New England is doing great, and yeah. uh, I, I think it's going to do good here too. Good. Well, that's that's what we
1: want to hear. And, of course, uh, you know, love to love to see more cars and, and eventually love to see some opportunities at, uh, you know, at Evans Mills or in Adirondack for the uh, – 350 supers as well just to kind of give them that that new audience and maybe inspire a few people from a few more people from up that way to um
3: right. to participate as well now the, the three we were supposed to do an exhibition race at evans mill yeah i think like two weeks ago the sbs cars were going to be up there and and we were we were excited about uh about you know doing that and and um Evans Mills is a great little racetrack. It's it's a great. It really little is. Track and, Yeah, and uh, it's a lot of fun to drive on. It's it's small, but it's 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 roomy and you can race on it. And uh, I kind of disappointed, but I'm hoping you know we get open and and Mike Bruce and Lee can get together and and I know they got a show scheduled for the end of the year, um, but you know the end of the year runs into a lot of big shows too. We get you know classic, and then they're having a big show up at Riverside, too. So. Well, we'll see. We got to get open first. We got to get everybody back on track and get For these sure. tracks back open. And getting the, you know, racing without fans is no fun. You know, that's you got to have fans.
1: Oh, there's no question. I mean, and especially, you know, as a as a as a short track. Uh, I mean, that's. You know, it's a lot harder for the short tracks. They depend on the fans and the concession a lot more than, you know, say a NASCAR uh, would in in that situation. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get cars back on the track again soon. Um, Vern, I know you have probably had a lot of people who've helped you along the way, and particularly over the course of uh, this last year or so. I want to give you a minute just to uh, put some thank yous out there if you'd like to.
3: Well, you know, first and foremost is, is my girlfriend, Gina. Um, she, uh, she, she nursed me back to help. I mean, we, we had to change these bandages every day and, and, uh, she stood right there and, and, and weathered the storm and, and listened to me complain and, and, uh, and, you know, it was, it was, that was, you know, quite an ordeal, this burn thing. And, oh yeah. Uh, but we got through it and and she was, she's what's got me back, back and she's supported me and, uh, we had a long, lot of, a lot of long talks about going back, and and one day I just told her I said, listen, if, you know, I'm gonna, you can get hurt doing anything, this is what I've done, I love it, and uh, she's behind me 100%, and um, my crew chief Kent Clock, Kent's been with me since him, me and his father had cars together back in the dirt days, and he's he's been every night he's down there helping me, and he's been instrumental in getting me back going again, and everybody's uh everybody stayed behind me and and kyle hafman and, and my oswego family is chip wood and eddie madison and matt madison and mikey bond they stepped in last year and there's some a little bit of experience in there in that little group right there and and uh the Maldones, you know they've mike and michael have both been tremendous support to me and help with me and and patient and we've been working on these cars and getting them perfect and and um Hopefully, if everything goes good, we're gonna have, we're gonna get get out there and you know get some wins.
1: Well, we look forward to that, Vern. Definitely would love to uh, to see you back at Victory Lane very soon, and uh, just look forward to seeing you back on the track, getting everybody out of the garages, as they say. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your workday this afternoon to uh, talk with us, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the Big O at some point uh, before this this summer is out.
3: I'm looking forward to being there and, and uh we will be there hopefully within the next couple of weeks that you know we can get back over there and at least get some practice in so
1: and uh that's Vern LeFave and and we certainly uh are grateful uh to to have Vern uh ready to go once again and uh gosh I mean you just uh, as long as I've been in the sport um, the the absolute thing that I still fear the most is fire and and uh, it's been one of my fears in life, actually. Uh, and it's just uh, just never a good thing. So very thankful that Vern was able to to recover and, and have the option of getting back into a race car, let alone the decision to do so. And uh, really excited to see what he can do with the new um, Muldoon car. And did, I didn't realize that that was... Uh, mike's car from last year that is a stout piece and i've got to believe that uh Vern is going to be very very competitive with that so uh again uh look forward to seeing him on the track if he can get up to new england and, and shake the car down uh in the next few weeks uh i think that would probably be a very special moment for him and and very special for everybody so um with that we will bring this particular inside groove show to a close uh Again, I think this is episode 45. I was thinking about that number earlier, and again, it feels like one of those numbers that uh, hasn't been overly popular over the years. John Clapham, of course, uh, for a while, part of the Rutledge Rocket team, Carl Rutledge's team, and uh, John Bush buying that car and then retaining the number for a while. And uh, through the Doug Sire car that he bought and then uh, Mike Kaposinski had a really cool Sidewinder chassis that he built uh, and uh, I don't know that it ever really got going the way either he or John would have liked it to Um, and I think there was a rear engine somewhere in there too that Mike had built and I don't know if that I can't remember if that was supposed to be for John Bush or not Um, but uh, I think the rear engines got banned before that car could come out but um john then i think that was so i think the um i think that the i don't know if he i can't remember if the sidewinder was first or the show car was first uh but uh the show car 45 that he had might have been the last it was either that or the 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 capper car was the last 45 that uh, he drove before he went over went over to uh ralph mclaughlin and started running for ralph and then uh, I do believe that when he bought Jimmy Champagne's rear engine, I think that went back to 45. I think he went back to his own number with that for the brief time that he had it uh, running the Isma Tour in 1980. Um, but, and, and I'm not sure who's run the 45 since, if anyone. So, uh, again, if anyone can help with that, feel free. Uh, that's one of those numbers. I've always liked that number for some reason. You just don't see too many of them around. Um, so... With that, we'll, uh, I'll leave you th- that brain teaser to figure out, again, if you come up with anybody, put it in the comments. And uh, let's, uh, let's see how many more of these we can come up with. So looking forward to next week's show. Now, that's episode 46, and we can certainly have some fun with that number. Um, and uh, excited, as always, uh, to have Vern LaFave on today. Thanks to Camden Proud for coming on as well again next week. Uh, We know that we'll have Laurie and Dave May from uh, MSS on to talk about what's going on in the Midwest and to uh, give us more detail on the upcoming show at Lucas Oil Raceway next month. And so that should be a lot of fun. In the meantime, hope you all have an amazing weekend. Stay safe up there, everyone. And hopefully we will be back racing on the track very soon. Thanks to our sponsors, IPC Indy, JNS Paving, and Skip's Fish Fry, and thanks to all of you who, um, your enthusiasm is obviously what keeps this show going, so um, thanks to each of you who listen and share, and we hope that you all will continue to do that and uh, look forward to being back next week with another Inside Groove. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. So long.
0: You've been listening to Inside Groove powered by IPC Indy creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of RaceChaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.